Hi everyone and welcome. This is the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast and I'm your host, Coach Brad. This podcast is about all things related to love, life, health, and the pursuit of happiness. Every week, I'll interview a different guest who is setting a new standard and redefining what it means to get the most out of life. With that, let's get started. All right, welcome everybody. So good to have you here with me again today. This is Coach Brad as always, and this is the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. As always, I'm super excited because every week I'm just blessed and fortunate. I get to interview incredible people from all walks of life, and this week is no different. I am speaking with two uh, very dear friends of mine and mentors and life coaches. They have taught me a lot about life, and if anybody can tell you anything about me, it is these two. So I'm speaking here today with Brian Miller and Karen Bertrand. They are currently in Southwest Oregon, actually, I think in Eagle Point. And they're going to be talking us to us today about their seminar. Uh, it's called I Am and about this whole concept of living an empowered life. But they are professional life coaches and seminar leaders and all kinds of good stuff. So Brian and Karen, welcome to my podcast. Thanks so much for being here. It's great to have you guys here today. Thank you, Brad. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, yeah, sir. Appreciate it. So Brian, I will start with you. I... So much I've learned, and it's actually where where do I start here and all this. But I wanted to ask you one thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, you said something to me uh, that has profoundly changed my life, impacted my life. And people are always asking, you know, what's the best piece of advice you ever got? And for me, that comes from you. And you said something to me. You said, Brad, you don't have to figure it all out. And now, ironically knock on wood, it took me two years to figure out what you meant by that. Uh, but I did. But what what do you mean exactly by that? What is it that we don't have to figure out? What is it and what is it we don't have to figure out? Uh, well, I, I honestly believe people spend way, waste, waste, way too much of their time trying to think of solutions and think of how to do things and, you know, process, you know, what, what does this mean? And you know, where is it going to take and all that kind of stuff. And the truth of the matter is, if you are connected to a higher power and a higher source and you connect to that higher power, then every solution that you will ever need in your life will flow through you. It's almost like, uh, you know, giving you an example. It's like when you're sitting there and you're trying to think of somebody's name and you're mm -hmm. sitting there going, what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? And the reason you can't think of their name is because you're trying to think of their name. You're trying to figure it out. And so you sit there and you go, oh, forget about it, whatever. And you're walking down the street and 20 minutes later you go, oh, Bob. Then his name was Bob. <clears throat> and it just comes to you. And life actually is set up to flow through you, not for you to think it up not to figure it all out, not to understand anything, just to be it. So I know part of what you teach with I Am is this idea about living an empowered life, living a, living a life of meaning and purpose. Is that kind of what you mean then by living an empowered life, just letting it flow through you then? Well, let, yes, letting it flow through is an empowered life. But when I talk about an empowered life, I'm talking about follow... Um, 
follow your heart. In other words, an empowered life is one that you actually do what you say. That's an empowered life. Most people talk a really good game and I'm going to do this and I'm this and I'm going to be this someday and blah, 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 blah. And they never even get off their butt to do anything. An empowered life is somebody who says, this is what I'm going to do and then does everything in their power to make it real. And, and so you just mentioned a second ago about this idea about being too. I know from your studies, we talk about this idea about being in your head versus being in your heart uh, and that we sometimes lead life with our head. That's the thinking part. How do we, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, let life flow through us, but I think so many of us like myself included are wrapped up in our heads. How do we, how do we make that journey from our head to our hearts? Is that what you teach at I am? Yeah, we do teach that at I am. And, uh, uh, I was going to do something comical. Oh, I'll do it anyway. Uh, how do you do it? Stop it. <laughs> Stop thinking in your head. Stop being in your head. I mean, do it in the reverse. Listen to your heart. When your heart sits there and says to you, hey, you know what you ought to do? You ought to start a podcast, you know, and you ought to really go for it and everything like that. And your head is sitting there going, oh, come on. You're not good at talking in front of people. And you can't do this and nobody's going to listen and blah, 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 blah. And you just sit there and you go, you know what? I'm not listening to my head. I'm not listening to all the negative stories. It's telling me about why I can't do something. I'm going to listen to my heart, which is telling me to, to do a podcast. That's what I'm going to follow. I want to get back to you on that uh, in a second about you just said this idea about negative stories. But before I do that, I want to jump to your beautiful wife here, Karen, who's been sitting there. Karen, you've gone through this whole experience. Uh, can you take us a little bit? What was your experience like, you know, making this journey from your head to your heart and all of that? A lot of it really had to do with the premise of experiential learning. That uh, again, we as human beings really learn best by through experiences. That's how we learn our lessons in life. And being able to really take a look at the relationship I had with myself and see that there was a bigger visionary perspective that I was missing only because when you think about it, we're brought up in environments, we're brought up in cultures and, and, and paradigms. And sometimes we don't even realize that there's a whole great big vast universe. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we haven't actually stepped into that to its full extent. So from that premise, what's been really fun in connecting really my head, my headiness um, to my heart was getting to know me at a very different level, a deeper level that really um, is about feelings and emotions and really tapping into that spiritual part of self in new ways that feel in alignment with serving a purpose. You know, a lot of people, we go through daily life in a constant state of, gosh, I know there's something more, I know there's something more, and yet we just maybe haven't had the tool sets it's kind of like, again, um, what tools were, do you have with your own personal development? Um, which ones are you awareness? The awareness for me was huge in where am I really focusing my mindset right now? 
because my mindset is powerful. And maybe just like exercising physically or taking care of your health wellness wise, the mind isn't always exercised as much as possibly we, we could be in its capacity. So just that awareness, where's my thoughts? Am I looking backwards in the past? Am I truly living in this moment and feeling everything that's going on? Or am I creating all kinds of stories and anxieties about what could possibly happen in the future? And guess what? Nine times out of 10, it doesn't even happen that way. So it's being very present and very open and honest uh, with myself that really supported just uh, feeling joyful. Joyful and happiness and love are an inside job. You both mentioned stories, and I want to get back to that in a second. So Karen, would you say that you are living a life of passion and purpose now? Absolutely. meaning? Absolutely. I tell my mom all the time that the last 12 years with Brian, I do over again because I've learned the most about myself in that process. I can read a book and take a test. I can make money. I can do a lot of different things. But that sweet spot of being spiritually in alignment with myself and the skill sets and non-judgment, all of that is that beautiful package that that internal awareness creates that space. And so for either one of you then, like Karen, you mentioned that, oh, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more to life, more to life. And you're right. So many people are looking for that. Like they're not satisfied to a certain degree with what they have in their life or what's, what's going on in their life. So how do they get to that level that you're at right now? What's, what's the secret, I guess, if there is one? Uh, baby steps and being patient that it doesn't come overnight. When you think about it, all of us, were, we have behavior patterns. We have personalities. And a big part of our programs really support people with understanding the tool sets, meaning your personality style and other people. Because coming from a place of understanding will create uh, solutions. It'll create excitement. And when you're feeling that, you naturally gravitate toward that. We talk a little bit too about the laws of attraction. Internally, if you're happy inside, guess what? You're going to attract all that happiness externally towards you. If you're not happy with yourself inside, you're actually going to attract that kind of stuff to happen too. Yeah, it's what you are is what you attract. Beingness is very different than doingness. Mm -hmm. We are human beings, which again has character qualities, you know, such as your patience, your love, your compassion, and understanding. We're doingness, which we are brought up in this world to believe that our doingness is who we are, but that's that's an illusion. It really is. Yeah, we are not what we do. We are we are our beingness of who we are. And I do want to put one thing out there. If you want the most powerful way of moving into your heart instead of your head, ground yourself in this thought that the past does not exist. There is no past. And I don't know why everybody lives in the past considering it doesn't exist. And people might be sitting there going, what do you mean? Of course it exists. I, I know that I went to on a vacation. Yeah because it's in your head. And the fact that the past exists is only because you have it in your head. And interestingly enough, people draw the stuff from the past that is not healthy for them, that is not moving them in the right direction. And because they, they come from their head, they look at it as that's what is going on now. 
So my past is the moment and it is not. And so we live our lives through the past and wonder why what we create in the future is what we had in the past. And it's because we never let go of it. We never sit there and realize, no, that was the past. That has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Now I can learn things from the past, you know, and that to me is the only reason the past is there is to uh, learn about certain things, you know, uh, hey, if I touch a hot stove and burn my hands, hopefully as a young child, I learn to not touch a hot stove anymore. Even though it's in the past, I'm gonna learn that. So I stop burning my hands. But to actually use the past to organize and figure out and figure out what my life is all about and where it should go, I'm gonna suggest that comes from your heart. And just to tag on a little bit after that too, that's why experiential sure. learning is so powerful because the way we can reframe um, some of our patterns, our habits in life, is to have new experiences to reframe those habits. So again, uh, repetition and emotional involvement are the, the key secret sauce, so to speak, to be able to really start to have a two-way street between your head and your heart. And that's what we're really, that creates that empowered lifestyle that anything and everything can happen. I'm grounded in myself. And I know, and I know in my heart that I'm connected to something higher. And you know what? Trust, trust is a big part of that, of yourself and or others. And once you receive, once you actually create that space for yourself, anything is possible. There is no hanging on. It's only simply a, an opportunity to learn more about yourself and grow. So people that really love to grow in new ways, experiential learning will get you there the quickest way mm -hmm. from my perspective anyway. Well, it got, it got you to where you are right now. I mean, you know, you are who you are and how you think and the things you believe based on the experiences you've had since you were a young child. You know, you didn't all of a sudden wake up and was born and it's like, okay, here's what I'm about. Here's what my life is. Here's what, you know, uh, you God or a universal power or whatever. This is what it's all about. No. You had to experience it during the course of your life. And I find it extraordinary that people get to a certain age where they actually believe that a linear thought process is the way to learn more about yourself. And it is not. It will get you so stuck in your head that you will just believe that everything is the way you think it is, regardless of what you're feeling and what your heart is telling you to do. What do you mean real quick, Brian, by a linear thought process? What, what is that? Oh, everything is from books and, oh. you know, learning and education and things like that. And that's where we get stuck. I mean, you've been taught since you were knee high to a grasshopper, you know, that what you what you need to do is you need to get good grades. You need to learn. Here's a book for you to read. Here's this to do. Interestingly enough, Einstein said it best. He said, book knowledge is probably the weakest kind of knowledge you could ever have. And the reason is, is because you can only learn as much as the author knows. Whereas if you use your imagination, you look at your heart and you expand your life into something far more than the universe is in front of you. 
A lot of, <laughs> lot of good stuff we're going over. Real quick for, for those that are listening to this, uh, Karen and Brian do teach this, this idea, this journey from the head to the heart, this idea about living an empowered life. If you're interested in knowing more about this, uh, they have a website. It's iam-seminars.com. You're welcome to go there and, and see what their schedule is. And uh, uh, you can look for one of their empowered seminars, which they offer in different states uh, throughout the year. Uh, anyway, so let me go back. We mentioned a little bit ago about this idea of stories and negative stories. Can you, either one of you, uh, a little more, what, what the heck is that all about? What are these stories and where do they come from and how do we get them and how do we change them? Yeah, the stories are gotten based on what we believe about ourselves. In other words, if you don't believe you're worth it, or I'll even go one that's, that's more solid. If you believe that all men are blank, blank, <laughs> and all women are blank, I know that what is you mean. actually the way you're going to see them in life. Because you already believe it. You've already got it set in your head that this is the way they are. So, you know, an interesting thing, uh, you know, there may be people out there that believe all Orientals can't drive. So that's a belief system. That's not true. It's just based on a belief. Maybe they got in an accident one time with an Oriental or they noticed that there are no Oriental race car drivers or, you know, whatever it is that got them to a place to believe that. Uh, or women are bad drivers, whatever it might happen to be. Interestingly enough, if there is an automobile accident and they're an eyewitness and they have a belief about Orientals and one of the drivers was an Oriental, I will almost guarantee you that when they tell their story to the police officer, they'll blame the Oriental driver for the accident. They'll actually see the accident through the eyes of he, he caused it. I don't know how, but I know he did because mm. all Orientals are bad drivers. So it's almost like you create a belief system around yourself that when you fall into the trap of believing something, you take it and you utilize it for every situation you are in. In other words, even to the extent that uh, you know, maybe there's a woman out there that believes all men are pigs. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when she goes to the, uh, a tavern or meets a guy, guess what he's going to be? The that pig. word you just said, yeah. Yeah, he's going he's to be a pig. Why? Because that's what you're attracting. That's what you believe all men are. So I'm certainly not going to attract a really good man because it's going to destroy what my belief is about men. Another way to really look at it is the analogy of you're looking at the world and yourself through a pair of sunglasses, and okay. you may not even know it. A lot of those belief systems are very subconscious in nature, and until you really work on yourself at a deeper level to understand what's really running me, what are my fears that come up that create stories, which is that self-talk, it can be positive or negative self-talk, just understanding that self-talk drives a lot of your behaviors and actions, and maybe sometimes in directions that you're not necessarily wanting to go, repeating patterns. And those, those stories will not allow us to see the truth. In other words, we work with people all the time, and you would be amazed at how many people, you know, are getting divorced, and, you know, I'm getting divorced because... I didn't realize my husband was an alcoholic when I married him. 
you know, and you sit there and you go, well, that's fascinating because the guy was drunk by nine o'clock in the morning, downing a, you know, a half a bottle of Jack Daniels. How could you not know he was an alcohol? He was not an alcoholic. And it's because they make up a story because they want to believe, oh, he's just a party animal. He just likes to have fun. And that's why he does what he does. And then five, six years later, it's like all that la la stuff is gone. And the person realizes, wow, this guy's actually an alcoholic. Bingo. You know, wish you had waken up, woken up five years ago instead of living in a life of stories. So what I'm hearing, if, if just to kind of help our listeners along, these stories are based on our beliefs that are in our heads, so to speak. This is what is running us. That's what I was going to ask you, Karen, when you say running us. These stories are what are, are determining our thoughts, our behaviors, our patterns. How we, to borrow a phrase from you, Brian, how we show up. Uh, in, in the real world, I guess. These stories are what is creating us to show up in one manner or another then. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, even to the extent that uh, you'll hear me say in the classes, 99% of all of your choices and decisions, you are not making them. They are being made for you by these stories you tell yourself. And so even though the story is a false story, you use it as evidence to prove this is the way life is. And you go off into a, you know, a direction that you don't want to be going into uh, because that's the story you choose to believe in that moment. So if someone is, for lack of a better phrase, depressed or not living a, a, a full life, a, a, you know, a well-balanced life, according to them, uh, based on these stories, like what would you say to someone like that? And how can someone begin to like reprogram or rewrite their stories? That's kind of what you teach at your classes. I know that too, yeah. but for someone listening. Yeah, it's a matter of changing the story. And then people would say, yeah, well, that's easy. How do you do that? Yeah, Well, exactly. it, it, when, you, when you look at it, changing a story is just really nothing more than changing a belief. And when I'm working with people, I'll make comments to them like, uh, so in that story that you just said about the individual, let me see how I can put this so it's really clear. Take an automobile accident. Okay. You know, and the person's story is that the oriental person caused the accident. And you say to them, did you happen to see that the oriental person showed up five minutes after the accident happened? And the person will actually sit there and think and go, oh, they did. And how did they create the accident? Well, gee, I really don't know, but I know they did. And they know it because of the story they know, not because of what they truly saw or believe. So how does someone change their story then? That's why my sweetie was saying experiential learning is the number one way of learning. Uh, linear learning, meaning books and all that kind of stuff. It's a good way to reconnect with what you uh, already know, but it's not, it's not really the way to go about changing a belief or uh, moving in a different direction. <clears throat> so when you look at it, how do you change a belief? You change it through the experience. So we'll actually do exercises in our class. There's one specific exercise in our first level class where right before the exercise, I'll say to the room, how many of you believe you really care about people and humanity? 
and typically I'll get the entire room to raise their hand. Uh-huh. Within, within two minutes of doing this exercise, the two groups that I put them in are sitting there yelling at each other, no, vote this, you're an idiot, you don't even know what you're doing. And, I, and I'm just sitting there looking and afterwards we debrief it. And I'll sit there and go, so here's what you guys scored, a negative 84. <laughs> and you're sitting there before we did this saying you care about people and all you were doing was getting everybody in the room and dropping them off a cliff because you needed to win. Now, take that in your life and ask yourself, where am I so driven by a need to have it my way or to win that this concept I've got that I care about people goes right out the window? I find people when they talk about, you know, Jesus or God and yeah, I follow God. They never put the rest of the statement in place. I never I, I always want to follow God as long as it's easy. But I'm certainly not going to do it when he's asking me or showing me that I've got to do something that I'm not going to like or is going to be difficult. Then I'm not going to do it, which means you don't follow God. Or only when it's convenient for you. Yeah, when it's convenient, yeah. I'll do it. But when it's not, I don't believe it. Yeah. So to go back, Brad, to you know, your question was, how do we change our stories? It really, if you look at the premise that there are two motivating emotions in life, it's love or fear. Mm -hmm. And that awareness every moment uh, with your self-talk is a starting point daily, being able to really take a look at, am I being driven by love or am I being driven by fear? And is the end result really what I want? A lot of people go through life uh, just kind of on autopilot. They're yes. not always really clear, you know, about what it is I want. And then being able to really say, okay, taking a look at it saying, hey, are my actions supporting what I want? If it's not, then it's being able to say, what can I do differently? What can I show up differently such that it does create? And that can be as simple as, hey, instead of pushing back and fighting everything, it's being able to come from a place of understanding, ooh, in this moment, I was looking backwards. But based on results, um, that's not where the other person is, and that's not where I am anymore. So it is a process, but, but just paying attention to your internal conversations is a great starting spot to be able to switch the story into new ones. And you hit on a key point, Karen, this idea that most of us in life are on this thing called autopilots. Mm -hmm. uh, and essentially, I think I gather what you mean by that is that we are not paying attention to the stories that we are telling ourselves. And so to switch from what, what would be the opposite of being on autopilot then? What, what would the opposite of that be? Aware and focused. Aware and focused. Okay, so to be in this state of awareness and focus first starts with being aware of then your stories and your thoughts. Is that kind of what you're saying? Mm -hmm. And then and where, what, what, where'd they come from? Yeah. You know, I've got this story right now. Why do I tell myself this story? Why do I believe it to be true? When the truth is, if I follow that story, it's going to lead me in the wrong direction. And I, I actually know that. 
So, okay, so Karen, let me ask you this too. So you just said there's two motivating uh, emotions in life, either love or fear. How do you know which one you're operating from? Well, for me personally, love is easy. There's not a lot of resistance. My trust factor, my confidence, my feelings, uh, it just feels right. Fear comes up and I go to my head and then I know that's not the space I want to look for solutions within. Does that help at all? That makes perfect sense, yeah, to me. Brian, did you wanna add anything to that real quick? Yeah, I wanted to add this. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're, think, if you're looking at something and you're looking to come up with an excuse as to why not to do it, and that excuse is located in the physical world, uh, you are not in love. You are in something else. In other yeah. words, if somebody sits there and goes, well, you know what? Uh, I can't do that because I may lose my job. You're actually right. in fear right now. And the reason that you're not going to do it isn't because you don't believe that's what you should be doing. You're sitting there in fear of losing your job instead of looking at it from a place of, well, you know what? Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do is lose my job. Uh, because there's another job out there that is better and more powerful than the one I'm in right now. And it'll actually satisfy me more. But so many people don't think that way. It makes complete sense. Um, but this idea of fear is so powerful. Like you just gave the perfect example, fear of losing my job. If I'm, you know, married, got two kids at home and I'm the breadwinner. Yeah, that's going to be a very, very powerful fear. Um, how, how does someone deal with the fear that's very strong like that? Build your self-confidence. In other words, be able to say to yourself, you know what, it's okay if I lose my job because I know there's a better one right around the corner. In other words, it's a positive thought process that you've got about what is. You know, one of the things that did happen to me was I lost $1.7 million in a real estate transaction. And, you know, for about 10 seconds, I was uh, in the three R's, meaning I was you know, all about resistance and why me and all that kind of stuff. About 10 seconds later, I looked at everything that I teach and I sat there and I said, no, you know what? Uh, there's a reason for this. And I guarantee the reason is for something positive. And then it came to me. Number one, I always wanted to move from where I was living. Well, I can now because I lost my house. And then the other thing that I realized was that what I always wanted to do was teach these classes in, in a prison system to support inmates on having a better life. And so it came to me, why don't I just ride my bike from San Francisco to San Diego, collect money down the way, videotape it, put it out on, on Facebook and things like that and collect money so I'll have the income to be able to do these classes. And at the end of the ride, uh, you know, I had enough to be able to do eight, nine classes, whatever it was uh, in that area and uh, changed a lot of lives as far as people. Uh, and I do have the videotape of them talking about how their lives changed and how they will be a better them. And so when I look at it, I actually believe all of that happened about losing my home and everything. It happened so I would redirect what I was doing and move myself more in a direction of what my heart was telling me I needed to do. My heart was not into flipping houses. 
my heart was into sharing this world, this work with the world. And so in its infinite wisdom, whatever you want to call it, it uh, put me in a position where it's like, now what are you going to do? If I had looked at it from a negative place, I would have went in a negative direction and never have achieved what I was looking to achieve. So let's clarify, though, the premise, really, when we're talking about that example, as well as love and fear and stories, it really comes from a premise that we are spiritual entities having human experiences. I'll say that again spiritual entities having human experiences. So from that point of view or perspective, there's going to be some internal conflict because we're not always aware or clear in this moment. Am I really focused on my physical existence or am I focused on my spiritual existence? One's temporary, one can be eternal. And I think getting clarity within yourself about which one supports becoming and growing into um, a happier, loving, more joyful individual, because we understand that there's a duality there. Does that make sense? For me, it absolutely makes sense. I, that the duality you're talking about, the, the fear and the love is the head and the heart duality. That's, that's the mm-hmm. one that, you know, well, obviously, you know, when you first met me, I was 99.999% in my head. And uh, <laughs> over the years, I think you've seen me evolve and slowly make yep. that journey <laughs> down to my yep. heart, which, yeah, this podcast, uh, is, is a big part of that. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, so many people still, they're, they're probably listening to this and, and they're thinking, gosh, this all sounds great, but how do I, how do I, how do I get to that next level? How do I get to that empowered life? Like I look at you, Karen, and you are such a, a well, you too, Brian, but you both are just such loving, shining examples of how simple and easy life can be. I mean, when you're in alignment, when you're coming from a place of love, when fear does not drive you, when you understand your stories and, and everything like that. But I, I guess, you know, what, what can the average person do? You know, where can they start if they're listening to this right now and say, yeah, I want to have that life of more meaning. I want to have that more empowered life. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, attending your I Am Empowered seminar is definitely a place to start. Uh, but just for someone listening to this right now, what would you say to them? You know, hey, this is a great place to get started or something like that. I would actually sit there and uh, let them know this is not an easy journey. Making, I'll change, for that. <laughs> yeah. Making changes in your life means that you've got to actually get committed to your life. Not from a place of, oh, that's what I want. Doesn't matter. Who cares what you want? <laughs> it's what are you actually willing to do? What's your commitment to making it happen? You know, so when you look at it from, from that perspective right there, Uh, look, uh, making it happen is, this is what I want. How do I get there? I actually started this whole thing out. I mean, obviously, in this short period of time, you can tell that I am spiritually motivated. I do believe in God, you know, and all those and all that entity, whatever you want to call the entity, I believe in it. Mm -hmm. And I actually started the whole journey that before I would do something, I would sit there and say to myself, So what would God do in this moment? And I would do that. Or what would God be in this moment, maybe? Or be. I mean, whether it's do or be, because as human beings, we do do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that doing this hopefully comes with a beingness in order to make it happen. 
So when I looked at it, I sat there and said, well, you know, Jesus or whatever you want to call the entity, I believe this is the way they would respond and operate in this moment. And there were many times that I sat there and said, well, you know, thank you, God, that I'm not Jesus. Because, because that's a huge pill to swallow. And I'm not there yet. It got me to a reality that I have a lot of growing to do before I can walk in those moccasins. And to realize that what Jesus would do, I would love to be, and that would allow me to walk the path. And I also know that I haven't achieved what I need to achieve internally for myself to be able to sustain that path. So on a daily basis, it really uh, starts with being open to being uncomfortable. We as human beings are conditioned to protect our comfort zones, um, however that shows up. I and think real, real quick, Karen, I'd say that probably shows up as our ego, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And again, just being open to being uncomfortable and uh, looking at it for those that may follow even some of the Jim Carrey funny stuff is being able to say, use your imagination to create a new story. Because we lose some of that childlike part of us, that imagination uh, can really support us with creating new stories instead of hanging on to the old ones. But uh, being open to change and saying, you know what, it's okay to be fearful and scared, but use that energy, use that fear energy, let's say, in a positive pivot point to say, you know what, I'm gonna use it to drive me forward in new ways. And it may be uncomfortable, but let me check it out and see what I can learn in the process. Brian, what would you say your purpose in life is now? Uh, my purpose in life, oh, I like the way you put the end of that now. Uh, because it has changed over the years. I've learned a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, you have. Uh, my purpose in life is to be able to spread uh, the philosophy and the thought process to support people in being able to live a happier and joyous life. Karen, what about you? Um, I'm right in alignment with uh, what Brian has said. And I feel as though that, you know, this last chapter for us, so to speak, is to be able to, we've attracted so many beautiful souls, such as yourself and many others, that you're able to truly take the philosophy and the tools you've learned and actually use it within not only yourself, but your community, your family, and your friends, because it has a, a ripple effect. When we really look at it, it ripples and it doesn't, it doesn't, the mechanism, the format doesn't matter as long as your heart, your intentions, your commitment, your passion, your love, it all just flows through you. And that is going to what makes the difference in supporting humanity um, anywhere in the world. Very, very beautiful, both of you. I, I want to say a point also to our listeners, and this is not like a sales pitch or, or anything like that, but this experience, this, this journey of going from, how, how should I describe it from, I guess, may, being in a state of non-empowered meant a non-empowered life to this empowered life is this journey from your head to your heart it is as brian as you pointed out it is a difficult journey but it's an incredibly beautiful journey and for anyone listening i don't care where you are in life i don't care what your situation is homeless or not homeless 
Uh, there is this ability to allow life to work through you. Um, as Brian was saying, there is a purpose for your life. There is a meaning. And all you have to do, as Karen and Brian have been saying, is just tap into that. And the way you tap into that is simply, as Brian said, is you just follow your heart. What is your heart telling you, not your head? Most of us, Karen, as you mentioned, we're conditioned by society to follow what our, what our head says. And I obviously was a living example of that. I probably took it to an extreme, you know, being an analytical person than, uh, uh, than, than a lot of other people. But it is, it is such a beautiful journey. And when you start telling yourself, uh, I am you know, I am a human being, beingness, and I am capable of great things. Uh, you don't even have to believe that at first. Just say something like that to yourself. I am capable of greatness. And slowly over time, that drop in the bucket will start to add up and, and it, become, it becomes more. But it's a beautiful journey. I would highly encourage anyone reach out to Karen and Brian. You can find them on their website, iam-seminars.com. Take one of their seminars. Um, it's a life-changing experience. It really is. If you want more passion, more meaning, more purpose in your life, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, Karen and Brian, we've talked about a lot of different things today. Is there anything else that you would like to add to, to any of this that you haven't said already? You, you got uh, uh, a year. Uh, well, we got 10, 15 more minutes. Sure, five minutes, whatever you like. Uh, and I know how to get a hold of you, so I know I can always get a hold of you again. For, for yes, I have your number. Yeah, the, you know, when I talk and do something like this, there's always a hundred million thoughts that come into my head that it's like, oh, this is important. I got to say this. Oh, this is important. I got to say this. Most important thing I could possibly say is to understand that your head was given to you and your brain for a certain purpose. And that was to analyze and figure out things in life. But the aspect of your heart, and I don't mean your physical heart, yeah, but that spiritual. spiritual entity of who you are was given to you to understand life and, and the purpose of what that is really all about. And your head is for nothing more. In other words, live through your heart and let your head do what it was supposed to do is to analyze how to get there. Uh, because usually how to get there is a physical thing, whatever that might happen to be. Uh, you know, you want to lose weight, you're going to need to work out, you know, and do exercises and stuff like that. That's a physical thing that you'll need to do, uh, which most people resist like me. <laughs> we will, we'll save that for another time. Karen, you look like you wanted to say something? Yeah, actually, my, my, my simplistic version is uh, living love openly, meaning that just be open to loving yourself and learning new variations of love on many different levels, whether it's physical world, spiritual world, just be open to love every day, however that is, and uh, embrace it because love is the answer to everything. And love will put you into this place. You wanna really live what we've talked about? Be authentic. The authentic you, not the illusion that you live in and I'm you know, this and that and a million other the things. Part. The ego part that yeah. drives you. Yeah. But really show up as who you are. Well, that's a whole nother podcast right there. The, the authentic you versus the illusionary you. Uh, 
Before I wrap this up, another question just popped into my, my mind that I wanted to ask you both. I know this is a saying that you've had, kind of how you can direct your life. And I don't remember it exactly, but something like when the intention is clear, the mechanism will appear. What, what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, too many people, like we talked about earlier, people too much think about a mechanism that they're going to use to get somewhere. The how-to. The how-to. The part, yeah. And that, that statement means when your intention is clear, the intention of what you're, you're looking to do, when it's clear, the mechanism will appear. In other words, that part that will flow through your body and go, oh, here's a way to do it. Here's a solution. Because if you go by mechanism all the time, and it's like, I just need to come up with a mechanism, then what you're committed to is not the goal. It's not the final part of the journey. What you're committed to is the mechanism. So when the mechanism fails, most people will say, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about that, and they give up. If you're actually committed and your intention is clear, if that mechanism fails, you'll just pick up another mechanism. And if that one fails, another and another and another until you discover the mechanism and it comes to you as to which is going to work. In other words, there's an infinite amount of mechanisms to accomplish anything. That's where passion and perseverance really come into play. When you feel it, it doesn't feel like work. You just know I'm going in the right direction. And trust, trust is a big part of love, but trusting that, you know what? I'm going to land and know exactly where I'm meant to be and believe it. And all I can say is thank God Thomas Edison <laughs> didn't believe in his head and took, it, took all his, his answers and solutions from his head. He actually believed as an intention. And when, I mean, 4,000 times or whatever it is that he attempted to make a light bulb. 10,000, something like that. Yeah, yeah, if he had been thinking from a linear place, he would have given up a long time before that. But he wasn't, he was thinking from a universal place. That there, the, in this universe, there is a way to do this. I just have not seen it yet. If I could sum this up, uh, Karen, Brian, and for anyone listening, what I've learned a big part of this is that life is not so much about what you are doing, though we put a lot of emphasis on that. Life is about what you are being and who you are becoming mm -hmm. and stepping more into your, as, as you, Karen and Brian, you mentioned your true authentic self. Yeah, you can talk about your, your illusionary self, the mind, the, the brain is saying, do this, but the heart is saying, be this. And so that's, I think a lot of times in life when we run up against rejections, resistance, uh, closed doors, we're trying to operate from our mind. And life does work much easier when we come from this place of spiritual heartness, beingness, our heart, when we truly listen to our heart. So if you're listening now, are, well, if you're listening now, that's the, I appreciate you listening, but are you listening to your hearts? What is that telling you? And take that leap of faith, trust to, to follow uh, that intuition. Karen, Brian, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the podcast today. I super appreciate it. I definitely know your phone number and where to find you. So there more than likely will be a follow-up call and or podcast uh, in the future, even near future. Uh, so good to see you guys again. Appreciate you being here. And for anyone listening at home, uh, please, whatever you got going on in your life, um, there's always there's always hope. There's always possibility to become a better version of you. There, there's never an ending, uh, so to speak. Uh, you are still growing and living. Reach out to me. Reach out to Karen and Brian. Like I said, their website. 
Um, but until then, uh, again, appreciate you being here and appreciate you listening. This is Coach Brad saying be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. For more information, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream, or on Instagram, training with Coach Brad.